by which is the which is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, we have our own systems that we have to work. And the Bible says uh, the children of this world in their generation are wiser than the children of light. And the reason why that's the case is because they know how to work their system to their benefit. We don't seem to know how to work ours. And so one of the greatest technology God has given us in the kingdom of God is this thing that's called prayer. Now, why is prayer such a struggle for so many people? We're going to get into that tonight. So, I just want to get some feedback from you. I like to interact with my audience. And the first question I'd like to ask, what is prayer? Just, by, just shoot your hand out, uh, Tony. What is prayer? Communication with God. Communication with God. Anybody else? What is prayer? Don't be shy. Uh, you know what I'll do, right? I'll just start picking out people. Brother Patrick, what is prayer, sir? You're an intercessor. What is prayer? Uh, I would say it's a petition of petition of petition of our problems to God. So it's communication with God and a petition of our problems to God. Why is it necessary for us to pray? Why do we need to pray? Yes, Mandy. I saw you moving your lips. Why do we need to pray? Because that's the only way God can move is when you allow him to move. Can you say that again? That's the only way God can move is when you allow him to or when you pray for him to come and do things and intervene. So what you're saying is if we don't pray, then God can't do anything. He won't do anything. Alright. Interesting. So I consider prayer to be the kingdom of God's weapon of mass destruction. You know we used to talk about weapons of mass destruction. That's the reason why we went into Iraq. Did they find any weapons of mass destruction? No they didn't. But we have a weapon of mass destruction. In fact, we have several. We have praise, we have worship, we have fasting, all that stuff. But I think the most potent weapon that we've been given in the kingdom of God is this thing called prayer. And it's, it's, it's amazing that a lot of us struggle with praying when it is the most strategic weapon that is in our arsenal to come up against the kingdom of darkness. Why do we need to pray? Man, it just alluded to something. We need to pray because man is the established authority in the earth realm. On this planet that we're living on. We have been given absolute dominion and power on the planet. Everything is subject to us. Or everything should be subject to us. Amen? So if we've been given the authority to run earth, it simply means that anything else that's trying to operate in earth has to be authorized by man to do so. So when you see demonic entities or the enemy is at work in the earth, he's illegal. Man is the only legal authorized representative in the earth to operate in the earth. So everything has to go through him. And so because we're the established authority, what is prayer? Prayer is man giving God, as Manny said, the legal rights and permission to enter into the earth's sphere to do business. No. Can God do whatever he wants to do? Yeah, because he's God. Why do you think he needs our legal authorization to come into the earth to do so? Huh? Yes? 
Can't hear you. Don't be don't be shy. Yes, Maggie. Okay. So when God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness and give them dominion in the earth, dominion over the fish, the seas, the birds, etc., etc., it meant he established his word. His word is law. And the one thing that God will never ever do is violate his word. So even God himself is subject to his word. The word of God says, I, 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 I place my word above my name. So God is accountable to his word. So the reason why God can't just step in and do what he wants to do. He could do it, but he's going to honor his word. And so whenever God wants to do anything in the earth, he has to go through a human being. Amen? Amen. So if we don't pray, like Mandy says, it means God does not have the legal rights to come in and intervene in earth's affairs. Intervene in our affairs, whatever it is. What is prayer? It is man exercising his legal authority because we are the legal representatives in the earth to invoke heaven's influence on the planet. So every time you hit the floor or you whisper a prayer, you're literally giving God, you're literally swinging the doors wide open for God to step into your situation. Now, if you don't swing the door wide open for him, he's standing at your door, but he can't do anything. And sometimes I see so many people... You know, it's almost like I, I, I feel like God is just itching to just do something, but he can't because we didn't pray, because we didn't invite him in. I like to believe that prayer is God's designated technology or his strategy for executing his will on the earth and to transform the earth. God is going to bring his will to the earth. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a prayer that has to be prayed so that God can really take his will from heaven and bring it to earth. If we don't pray, you remember that prayer that Jesus gave his disciple? The Our Father prayer which we rehearse sometimes and we don't really know what it means. It's not just a, 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 a thing to rehearse. It's a template for us to use as we're coming our prayers. When we want stuff to happen, we have to pray and ask God to come in and do something. So that is his strategy for transforming earth. If we don't pray for our family members to get saved, they're not going to get saved. And if your family members got saved, trust me, somebody prayed for them if you didn't. I'm here because somebody prayed for me. Everybody who's sitting here, God intervened on our behalf because somebody prayed. Okay. Now, there is a struggle that a lot of people are facing with prayer. And I just want to, I probably want one or two people to tell me, you know, be honest. Because it, it is a problem for a lot of people. One, you know, one of the smallest ministries, well, I have to say we have a very good intercessory team, praise God. But one of the smallest ministries I've always seen consistently in the, in the house of God is the ministry of intercession. Not too many people want to come out to pray. So I want to hear from you. Are you having struggles with prayer? Anybody? Okay. All right, Matt. You see, all right, Mandy is, is just going on tonight. What is your struggle, Mandy? I just don't know what to pray. You don't know what to pray. So what I have on the list is that we just don't know how to pray or what to pray. Anybody else? Sister Shandell. I told you I'm going to pick on people. If you don't, if you don't respond, I'm going to pick on you. I mean, do you have any struggles at all or... You're working okay in that arena. Or any past struggles you've ever had with prayer? I'm okay. It could get better. It could get better. Okay. Anybody else has any struggles with praying? Or everybody is good? Elder Clayton? 
this, I got to go through that, and I find myself getting, getting distracted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that happens, and that's a tactic that the enemy uses a lot. Carry, carry, um, told. He's bringing me. So it's like uh, sometimes I'm praying and I'm, you know, I'm going for like weeks and I'm, I'm good. And then uh, the next week or something, it just get rough. And I, I feel like I need to like press more. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's warfare. Yes, Miss Alicia. I think I have a struggle with uh, praying like with authority. Okay. Like, with, force. with force. Yes, yes. And a lot of people have a problem with that as well. So I was just saying just... Four of the many reasons why people struggle with praying, and it's a real issue. Um, if prayer is not your norm, and it's just a religious exercise you do just to appease God or just to say, well, God, I prayed, you're going to have a problem with praying. If it's a religious exercise for you, if it's a religious activity that you probably participate in because you come to the house of the Lord and pass up a cause for us to pray on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday night. If that's the only time you actually engage God or you probably get up in the morning and say something horribly to Him, prayer is going to be a problem for you. It's going to be a struggle. And if you're in that zone, you probably won't get any results. And that becomes a cycle because a lot of times people get frustrated because they're not seeing results. And so they just throw up their hands and they just give up. Um, unanswered prayers. Some people have prayed and they've just not got... Have you ever prayed and you just didn't get a result? You didn't get a response? Or things didn't go the way you wanted it to go? Yeah, that happens a lot. But when we see that our prayers are unanswered, somewhere along the line we value their principle. Uh, prayer can get frustrating because if you don't know what the principles are that are involved in prayer, if you don't know, you just don't know what you don't know. I can't tell you what's on my mind to say right now, but when you don't know, you just don't know. And it, gets, it makes life frustrating for you. And then again, some people have said, we just don't know how to pray. And that's true. A lot of people struggle with that. No, I really believe if something is going to be effective for you or if something is going to work for you, it's essential for you to know the truths that are associated with it. The first truth that we should know as far as it relates to prayer is that God's will and word work when the principles are understood and practiced. And I want somebody to just quickly read Psalm 116, verse 2. Psalm 116, verse 2. It's on the sheet that I handed out. But he leaned down when I was in trouble and brought his ear close to me. So as long as I have breath, I will call on him. Okay. So... God is going to hear you when you pray. The moment you call on the name of the Lord, he's there. The Bible says he's no further. Well, I don't know if it's the Bible that says, but there's a song that says he's no further than I thought away. He's as close as your breath. So the moment you call upon the Lord, it is God's desire to answer your prayer. You have to know that because if you don't know that God wants to hear you pray to him and he wants to respond to your prayer, then you're probably not going to pray. If you know somebody doesn't want to have a conversation with you, are you going to waste your time with that person? No. But God stands ready to respond. 
God's will and word work when principles are understood and practiced. And the first thing that we need to know is that God wants to hear us pray. He wants to have that contact. He wants to have that dialogue with us. The second thing is God is faithful to answer prayers. Mark 11, 24. Somebody read that. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. Okay. God is faithful to answer prayers. You need to know this unequivocally. You need to know that he wants you to pray and you need to know that he is ready to answer your prayers. As long as you have those things in your mind, you're good. It gives you grounds to go to him and it gives you grounds to go to him in confidence. Okay. Number three, there is always a reason for unanswered prayers. Always a reason. Every prayer that we pray, if we don't get a response from God, sometimes the answer could be no. And sometimes, you know, we do get an answer, but we just don't like it. The answer could be no, it could be yes, or it could be wait. One of the first reasons why we might not get an answer to our prayer is that whatever we're praying for is just not time for it to be manifested. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. I've always said if you are supposed to get to the train station and your train leaves at 10.30 p.m. and you happen to show up at a train station at 10.30 a.m. in the morning, guess what happened? You have 12 hours to sit and wait because there is nothing you can do. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. Somebody could read that please. For everything that happens in life, there is a season, a right time for everything. For everything that happens in life, there is a season, a right time for everything under heaven. Okay. So there is a season and time attached to every event that's going to take place on the earth. It means that our prayers, there is a time and a season that's attached to it. If you don't know this and if you don't understand it, you're going to get frustrated. Sometimes we would like it to happen in our time and sometimes it does. And then sometimes it doesn't happen. You're just going to have to wait. Another reason why we might not get our prayers answered is that we're not praying in sync with God's will. And so the first thing I would recommend that you do Find out what God's will is on a matter before you even start wasting time praying. Because if it's not in his will, it's not going to happen. Unless you make it happen, and if you make it happen, it's going to be a lot of work trying to maintain that thing. So somebody please read from 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens and he hears us. If, and if since we positively know that he listens to us, whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present petitions, the request made of him. Okay, everybody's clear on that. Find out the will of God on a matter first. So the probably the first thing you probably should be praying like, God, what is your will in this situation for me? When that is clear, that is what you pray. Because those are the prayers that God answers. And we can't manipulate him. We can't bend him. He's not going to adjust himself to accommodate anybody. If it's not in the will for your life, God is not going to answer it. So it doesn't even make sense you waste time praying. Okay. Iniquity or sin is hindering you. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2. Somebody please read that. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. 
Okay. So God says in his word, if we harbor iniquity in our hearts, he won't hear us. So the first thing you probably need to do is you need to confess your sins before you even start putting in a petition to God because he just, He won't hear you. That's a principle. Everything that I'm saying right here, right now, is a principle. If we violate principles, we don't get results. You lack, uh, You never really ask God. Uh, that's James 4, verse 2 to 3. You never really ask. Somebody please read that. You desire the things you cannot earn, so you, so you, so you see others, so you sue others and fight for what you want. You do not have because you have chosen not to ask, and when you do ask, you still do not get what you want because your motives are all wrong because you continually focus on self-indulgence. Okay, so if we don't ask, the first thing is if you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't pray, nothing happens. But when you ask God, you have to also make sure that your motives are right. And God knows our hearts. You know, we could fool some people, but we can't fool God. So God knows what is in our heart when we're coming to him. So if you don't ask him, you cannot get what you're looking for. And when you ask him, you have to make sure that whatever it is that you're asking for, it is consistent with his will and that your motives are right. You lack faith, James 1, 6 to 7. Somebody read that real fast. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, or doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. Okay, so if you struggle with lack of faith and you struggle with doubting God, it's very difficult for God to get things to you. Because he's probably in the process of getting it to you, Georgia, in the process of getting it to you, and you're standing in this place to receive it, and then you move out of position because you become discouraged or doubt begins to set in or your faith begins to waver. And you know what? Everybody goes through that. You know, every, everybody faces that. We're humans. And from time to time it happens, especially when you're in a situation that's been going on for a long time. But the principle is, if you want your prayers to be answered, you have to stay in faith. You ignore the instructions. Somebody please read that. Okay, so you prayed and you got a specific set of instructions. Time passes, nothing happens. You go back to God, you cry, and you ask God what's going on. You know what God's going to ask you? We think God's going to ask you. Did you do what I told you to do? Go back to point A because there's a set of instructions I've given to you. When you follow through on that set of instructions, then we move to the next level. And until you get through it, point A, nothing happens. So we have our own responsibilities. When we pray, there, is, there are things. God is going to always give us instructions. When you pray, you are always going to get a set of instructions. You have to be obedient to it. If, even if it doesn't make any sense. 
You have to be obedient to it because the results that you're looking for, it's going to come through your obedience to the instructions that he's given you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the principles and practices of prayer. And I have four things that I've listed. The first one has to do with undergoing proper preparation. So when you're getting ready to pray, you need to be prepared. There's some things that we need to do as we're getting into the presence of the Lord concerning prayer. The first thing that we need to do is to do an, a self-check or an evaluation of ourselves. And where sins and habits are present in our lives, you know, let's be real with God. Because whether we're real with him or not, he already knows. Offload the weight and the sin. Because if iniquity is in your heart, we said it earlier on, God can't hear you, he can't do anything for you. So offload the weight. That's a part of the preparation process. Then you need to grab the right tools. When you're getting into prayer, you want to bring with you praise or worship. You set the atmosphere with praise or worship. You attract the Holy Spirit with praise and worship. You don't want to just run into God and start begging Him for stuff or bombarding Him with petitions and that kind of thing. You want to spend time romancing Him, worshiping Him, letting Him know that you're grateful and you're thankful to Him for all the things that He's been doing for you and has done for you and what He's going to do for you. Worship Him. Set the atmosphere. That worship is going to shift things out of the environment. If there are principalities at work in your in that setting with you, the moment you begin to do praise and worship, it, it, it recalibrates the atmosphere and the Holy Spirit is present to move on your behalf. You want to bring the whole armor. The Bible talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And when you have time, uh, there is Psalm 100 and Ephesians 6 verse 13 to 18 which talks about the whole armor of God. And you also need the word of God. You're going to need the word of God because later on I'm going to touch briefly on being able to pray the scriptures. If you don't have the word of God handy with you, you won't know what God is saying. I mean, sometimes God will talk to you in an impression in your spirit, but most of the time God is going to talk to you from his written word. And you need to know what God is saying. Prayer is going to be a two-way thing. You're going to say what you have to say and God has something to say to you too. And a lot of times it's going to be in the written word. And even if you get that impression in your spirit, you need the word to back up what you're hearing because you've got to try the spirit, right? Okay. So these are some of the tools that you need to bring in with you. The third thing that I strongly encourage is that you need to facilitate the presence of the Holy Spirit because without him, you can't even pray. You don't even know how to pray. In Romans chapter 8 verse 26, you're going to read on your own time. You're going to find that the Bible says we don't even know what to pray or how to pray. But the Holy Spirit knows exactly what it is that we need to pray. And sometimes we, he could give us an impression or we could pray in our own natural language. But sometimes we might have to put it up a notch and begin to pray in the Spirit. Because even though you're praying in the Spirit and it's not making any sense to you, it's making perfect sense to him. Okay? So you need the presence of the Holy Spirit. And your praise and worship is going to facilitate that environment to invite him in. And I can guarantee you, I think the intercessors experienced it when we went to Pastor Rona. We just set the atmosphere. And after that, prayer was so easy. It became so easy. So if you find that you're struggling with praying, maybe you need to spend a little bit more time in praise and worship. Because once the Holy Spirit saturates that environment, it makes the prayer so much easier. Okay. The second thing I want to talk to you about is you need to strategize with precision. There's several things that the Bible talks about. It talks about petitions, it talks about supplications, it talks about decreeing, it talks about making declarations. You need to know what you need to be using 
at a particular point in time. You need to know how and when to offer petitions unto the Lord. Because there's a time for that. And I'm not going to go into detail. That's going to be your homework to go find out what it means to offer petitions before the Lord. You need to know how and when to pray the scriptures. The intercessors were talking about that on Saturday morning. That is the most powerful thing. I tell you, if you don't know what to pray, just grab the Bible and start reading and praying what the scripture says. That's the, you know what? You Give God back his word on a matter. You get results. You can't go wrong with the word of God. You need to be able to pray the scriptures. And so that's going to demand you spending time studying the word of God. Okay. Number three, you need to know how. First of all, you need to know what a decree is. You need to know what a declaration is. And you need to know how and when to apply it. Because you're going to get into some moments where a petition is just not going to cut it. Decree and declaring, uh, Miss Alicia, you talked about you lack that authority sometimes. When you start making declarations, you're standing in the stead of God saying what he says. You're decreeing to principalities and powers that this is what the law says in heaven and this is what I'm executing in the earth. So there's a time when you make declarations and decrees. There's a time when you supplicate before the Lord. There's a time when you petition and your responsibility is to go home and find out, do some research and find out when that's necessary. You need to take the proper position. And these two scriptures, I really want to read them before we run out of time. You need to find out what your heavenly offensive is. Because if you don't know, it's going to make your prayers ineffective. Somebody please read Ephesians 1 verse 19 to 23. We have, it's 8.14. Clock is ticking, 8.15. Jesus Christ is the head of the body, which is us. Jesus Christ is seated in heavenly places where he is above principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high low places, uh, uh, familiar spirits, everything that you could think of, everything that is of the world of darkness, Jesus Christ sits above it. Everybody's clear on that. He is above all of that stuff. So now I want somebody to read from Ephesians 2 verse 6. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together in the heavenly spirit. That's it. Read it again, Daddy, please. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together in the heavenly spirit. Amen. So now, Jesus Christ is above all principalities, all powers, all spiritual rulers in the heavenlies. Everything that you could think of. Satan and all of his cohorts are subject to the Lord Jesus Christ because he's above all of that stuff. What Daddy just read a while ago is that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if Jesus Christ sits above all of those things, where do you think you're sitting? In the same place above him. 
So that when you understand that, Alicia, that's when you exercise your authority. That's when you begin to exercise confidence because you know you're not begging Satan for anything. You make demands and you decree and declare what the word of God says. This is where God has seated you. This is where you stand. This is where you're, you're seated in heavenly places far above all that stuff because you're seated in Christ Jesus. So that makes a world of a difference when you pray because you recognize that the enemy is not up there. Yeah, he's the prince of the public ear, but he is down here. He is under our feet. Serpents and scorpions, that's what he's referring to. And we are given authority to trample those things. So when you understand that principle, it changes the way you pray. The next thing I want to encourage you to do, a principle that you need to practice, is to assume the proper posture. That's so important. Posture is everything. You know, posture doesn't necessarily mean that you're necessarily uh, kneeling down or, or laying down. You could, in a phys in physically, however you choose to pray, you know, whatever God needs you to do, that's fine. But when it comes on to prayer, your posture should be a posture of faith. You don't pray in fear. I've listened to people pray out of fear. Have you ever heard people pray out of fear? Do you think you're going to get any results from that? The spirit of fear occupies their surrounding. It's occupying the environment where they're at. And when they're praying, they're praying out of fear. God does not respond to faith to fear. God responds to faith when you pray. So the posture that you have to occupy is you're praying from the realm of faith. What does Hebrews 4 verse 16 say? physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, all, all the alleys you could think of. When you go to God and you pray, you pray in faith. If the spirit of fear is confronting you, you take authority over it first, cast it out of your midst, then you get into your posture of faith. Okay? Everybody's clear? You can't get anything done when fear is present. Then you need to stand bold, ready, armed, and dangerous. That is the position that you occupy. That's your posture. You are bold about it. And you, know, you might not feel bold, but don't, don't, don't focus on your feelings. Your feelings come and they go. When you are praying, you're praying from your spirit, man. Okay, and that's why it helps, it's helpful when you pray in the spirit. Because when you pray in the spirit, I don't know if it happens to you. When I, when I get out of my uh, natural language and I begin to pray in the spirit, something happens to me. It's like, even if I was tired or I was feeling depressed or whatever, it just breaks. So, you are going to stand boldly, ready, armed, and dangerous when you pray. And I need somebody to read that particular verse for me real fast. Second Corinthians 10, 45. The weapons of the war we're fighting are not of this world, but are powered by God and effective at tearing down the strongholds erected against his truth. We are demolishing arguments and ideas, every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. We are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, and subduing them unto obedience to the anointed one. Okay. So when we, this is how we're praying. The weapons of our warfare, the Bible says, not carnal, but mighty through God to the point of our strongholds. I think I gave you in another version. I think that was the voice version. But you're praying, when you, when you understand the weapons that you've been given, 
No wimp uses those weapons. No wimp is capable of using those weapons. Those weapons have been given to people who are bold, they're armed, they're dangerous, they're confident they know who they are. So the fact that you've been given these set of weapons, and this is what describes them, tells you who you are, even if you didn't know. You think everybody's able to sign up for the army, the national army? No, they have requirements, right? Physical requirements. This is your spiritual requirement, and if God is saying this is what your your, your, your arsenal looks like, it should tell you who you are. So if, if you forget who you are, you get in that frame of mind or in that zone and you forget, just go back and look at what 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5 says. You have been given authority to cast down vain imaginations, principalities, powers, everything, every, every, everything that would seek to exalt itself against the knowledge of who God said he is. You've been given that authority to pull those things down. Amen? So, Tony, <laughs> you know what that is, right? Yeah. What is it? June twentieth. I'm sorry. Listen, I am a fanatic for the Transformers. But if you notice the Transformers, it, for those who don't know about the Transformers, what you're seeing on this on the screen right now is just it's just some vehicles, right? You're seeing a nice little Porsche. You're seeing a, a Chevy. You're seeing a couple of trucks. Some. Uh, SUVs, whatever. They just look like regular vehicles sitting there. You know what? This is our natural disposition in the world system. We look like everybody else. We're walking around. We're working jobs. Everybody else works. We're in school where everybody else is. We're blending in. We're doing all the stuff that everybody else, technically speaking, does. Right? This is how we look. Is there anything dangerous about those cars? They look like regular cars, right? Okay, true. So now, when you begin to assert yourself in the spirit realm, when it comes on to prayer, something changes. You see that truck? When it's ready to do battle, it doesn't stay in the zone of being a truck. It transforms into, tell me, Optimus Prime. That's my boy right there. Yes. When Optimus Prime is threatened, or when the earth is threatened, or where, wherever he's staying is threatened, and he has to fight, he doesn't stay like a truck. He gets into his, I don't know what it is, he transforms into something else. That thing does not look like this truck at all. Completely different. He has a sword in his hand, he's armored, he's ready to do battle. That's who you are. Our demeanor in the realm of the spirit, when we begin to pray, looks like that to the devil. Believe it or not. Who is that? Bumblebee. Isn't that a pretty Chevrolet? Parked up on the parking lot looking nice. All the people walking around looking at it. When Bumblebee is ready to do battle, he doesn't stay looking like a cute car. He changes into that thing. Ready to do war. How are you doing, sir? Alright, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you to sit down and then when we're finished, we'll be with you. Okay. Optimus Prime here ready to do battle. How many of you feel like you're Optimus Prime today? Let me see the hands of the people. Based on all the stuff that we talked about today, how many of you feel like you're Optimus Prime? Based on all the principles that we talked about a while ago, you're ready to do battle. When you position yourself to fight, because prayer is warfare. It's not only just communicating with God, it's also warfare. And you have to know when to put on the armor of God and begin to fight. Because listen, I don't know how many of you ever watched Transformers. They, they, 
they weren't fighting any little simple things. The kind of things that they were coming up against looked exactly like them. So people were running around screaming because then our weapons couldn't fight those things when they came to earth. And so God had to, well, not God, I mean, those things came from the same place where the enemy came from and they were fighting on behalf of the planet. The church, that's what we've been called to do. The world can't pray the way we pray because the world doesn't have access to the weapons that we have. The world doesn't have access to the system that we have. The world doesn't have access to the technology of prayer like we do. Prayer has been given to the church. So when you get into your prayer mode, this is exactly what happens to you. How many of you want to stay in that zone? Amen. Alright, we're going to do like three minutes of that right now. Everybody, to your feet. We're going to pray. Everybody, okay, you got you got to be in standing mode to pray now. We're going to pray. And the first thing that I want us to do is just for a minute, we're going to send up some praise and worship to God because we want the Holy Spirit to take full control of this, this service as we're getting ready to end. And then I want you to start exercising the authority that God has given you. Come on. Father, we worship you.
ladies that are going uh, on our pajama party this Friday night. Yay! If you haven't uh, confirmed it or be preserved or let everybody know, please let us know tonight.